I'm going to stick to my script, but I want you to know my heart is full of so much to say this morning that if I go off script, I'll be completely lost. <laughs> You'll be completely confused. But I want you to know with the music and the reconnection of friendships and with touching and being with people I haven't seen in a while, I'm overcome. I'm happy and grateful to be here with you this morning. Father Angel and church clergy, thank you for inviting me to vestry and leadership of Holy Communion, for giving me this opportunity to share with you this morning. I want to express my appreciation to the members of the Diocesan Commission on Dismantling Racism who have made their way here this morning to celebrate in this special service and event. As I prepared my sermon for this morning, I found myself thinking about the writers Agatha Christie and Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. What happened on the Mount of the Transfiguration could clearly be described as a mysterious and mystical event. Jesus, along with Peter and James and John, trek up a mountain. All four make the ascent fully as human beings. Even though Jesus had performed many miracles to this date, he was still considered to be just a man, a special man, but a regular human being. While on the mountain, Jesus is visited by Moses, the giver of the laws. And he's visited by Elijah, the leader of all the prophets. Moses has been awakened from his sleep. And Elijah has come down from the whirlwind. They have come to spend time with Jesus on the mountain. You can almost anticipate something special is about to happen. And it does. The face of Jesus begins to shine like the sun and his clothes become dazzling white. The transfiguration is occurring. Peter, James, and John had gone up the mountain with Jesus to sit with their master while he prayed. They had done this previously and they anticipated what was going to happen. You can imagine their astonishment when this otherworldly event began to happen. I would imagine they were frightened. I know I would have been frightened. A type of fright that would have come over them to alter their lives forever thereafter. Peter, James, and John were looking at the face of God in all this grace and glory. But remember... God's face was shining like the sun, and his clothes 
were dazzling white. So they probably weren't able to get a good description of what they saw. Imagine yourself staring into the sun and how quickly you become blinded in a matter of seconds. The result of the experience on the mountain, however, is very clear. The transfiguration is the lifting of the veil that shrouds the mystery of faith and reveals God's presence in human form. So what's the big deal? The disciples already knew Jesus had powers beyond normal human beings and he used these powers for the good and benefit of the suffering and those who were in need. Why all of the excitement? Well, because the transfiguration made clear that Jesus was even more than a prophet, more than a healer, more than a companion, more than a special person with unique gifts. God the Father was answering the question once and for all. This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. And here is where the whole story is told. Listen to him. Brothers and sisters, the transfiguration revealed who Jesus was to Peter, James, and John. And it gave to each of us the opportunity to be not transfigured, but transformed. Transformed in our lives by a living relationship with Jesus Christ. And the assignment, listen to him, is just as powerful and impactful today as it was more than 2,000 years ago. You know, all of us are faced with trials and tribulations in our lives. They come to us daily and they come in the form of intense encounters or grief or lust or physical limitations and illness. They come as ridicule and rejection, harassment and oppression. They come as the normal wear and tear of the daily responsibilities the disappointments and the deep hurts, the usual pressures and challenges that we are faced with on a day-to-day -day basis. It is when we are confronted with these uphill incidents in life that our relationship with Jesus Christ has the greatest and best opportunity to better understand the mystery of faith 
in our relationship with Jesus. The mystery of faith is what gives us each the opportunity to be transformed from who we are into what Christ expects us to be. These are the times that we are to listen to him. Throughout our lives, we have the opportunity to be transformed into the person Christ calls us to be. Our first transformation comes at baptism. When we feel the cleansing water that symbolizes the death of our old self and the rebirth into a new life with Christ. The second transformation continues throughout our life as we face and work to overcome the trials and tribulations I spoke of earlier. This transformation only occurs when we suffer through the things that challenge and cause distress in our lives. It is through this suffering that we grow in our relationship with Christ and with each other. The third transformation takes place when we give up this transitory life and receive eternal life in heaven. See, we all have the opportunity to receive this life by God's grace, goodness, and mercy. I was invited to speak to you this morning about the state of anti-racism, the state of anti-racism work in our diocese. So how does the transfiguration of Jesus Christ relate to our community from where we are today to a place that brings us closer to God's kingdom? You know, we are living in a community in a world of great hatred. I sometimes think we don't even know what the genesis of the hate is. It is as if we are required to dislike each other in order to be accepted in our various tribes and cliques. Given the events of this past week in our immediate community, the vandalism of headstones in a Jewish cemetery, the recent attack of two Muslims and two Muslim families in South St. Louis City. The incident where hundreds of flyers were left and with homo, racist and homophobic messages outside the door of an African-American student's dorm room at Webster University. At Ledoux Wharton's high school, a black female student goes before the school board to inform them that a white student has suggested that she and other black students belong in the back of the bus. The continuing and continuous rhetoric at the national level about who is worthy and who is not. All of this lays a foundation for more rather than less hatred. All of these incidents and more too numerous to name occurring in our community, in our country, and around the world make it clear that we are a people 
wherever we are and whoever we are, in need of a transformation. We are a people in need of being transformed from hatred and disdain to another people with a wholesome respect and high regard and dignity and sanctity for all people. We are called by Jesus Christ to work to transform our communities from a state of deep and extreme emotional dislike to a state or quality of being holy and sacred and saintly. The righteousness of God through Jesus Christ will only occur if those of us gathered here this morning do the work we have been called to do. Will you seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving your neighbor as yourself? Will you strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being? These two questions are at the core of the work that is being conducted by the Commission on Dismantling Racism. It is clear to me and I hope to you that there is much work to be done. We are all confronted with the trials and tribulations of life. Some are beyond our capacity to overcome. Illness, physical limitations, intense encounters. But we grow, we are transformed and we grow from these trials and tribulations. Others, like hatred and disdain, and harassment, oppression, ridicule, and rejection. These are clearly within our power to control. And we are also transformed by the road we choose to travel as we confront these evils within our community. The commission in this diocese, your commission, has chosen to be a proactive entity with both voice and action to confront and be a part of the transformation from the evil and hatred of racism to the love and embrace of all whom we meet. One final thought. It is with great respect, pride, and humility that I raise up the name of our deceased commission member, the Reverend Emory Washington Sr., who by words, deeds, and continuous commitment and action served to transform members of our commission, our diocese, and the larger community. He moved to move these entities from racism to acceptance, from hatred to love, from the secular to Christ. I raised him up also because he was dedicated and unflinching for the more than 30 years that I worked with him to be resolute 
and not give up or give in to his trials and tribulations that he faced in his own personal life regarding the issue of racism. And I challenge you this morning to become that person who is transformative in the lives of those whom you meet, not only regarding the issue of race and racism, but regarding all of the issues related to the isms, and to remove from their lives those things to help and the removal from their lives those things that generate hate and dislike. Amen.